Contest of Champions, episode number 49, season two finale. book fans here we are at what no matter the outcome will be the final showdown of season two for the contest of champions live for those of you unfamiliar with the show this is the premier podcast where we discuss the latest comic book news reviews and most importantly we come together to talk about who beats who in a superhero fight this is the 29th fight of season two and the 49th episode under our belt since we've gone live thank you to all of our listeners out there for downloading the musings of our little show and for helping make this the best comic book podcast on the net with all your great questions and really great participation. I am the clobbering clergyman, Jeff Jackson, and with me, as always, is the Canadian Cape Killer. How are you doing today, Cape? I'm good, thanks, sir. How are you? Uh, I'm a little bit sad that we're coming to the end of this season. Oh, just yeah. a little bit, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't feel quite as long as it has been. Yeah, like we started this season in February. And it is now it's the end of September, so yeah, um, pretty crazy. So, uh, so yeah. Well, joining us this week are our final two competitors, Mr. Eli Anthony. Hey guys, and Mr. Tom McNeely. Oh, I think he dropped off the call. Hey, I don't know what happened. <laughs> Well, I just hello. I just introduced you, so there you go. Say hello. 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 Are you there? <laughs> I don't think he can hear us. Okay. So, Eli, how are you doing? I'm great. I'm great. How's everybody else? We're doing great. And, uh, oh, hey, there he is. Are you okay? Darn. I can't hear you guys. <laughs> okay. Hello. <laughs> Uh, all right. So with us also is our only other competitor who uh, had the balls to join us tonight, um, uh, Mr. Dan Brand. How are you, Dan? Hello. Oh, hey, Tom. Okay, he 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 can't hear us. I think. Hey, Dan. Hey, man. Why am I here? <laughs> <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, well, well. Um, before we get into, <laughs> Tom, are you there? Can you hear us? Hello. <laughs> I'm not editing this out. He's gonna be in the background of the whole show doing that. <laughs> Uh okay well let's let's uh, I'm gonna try to move forward without Tom. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, can you hear us? I th- I think this is ground control to Major Tom. <laughs> All right. Well, we're just gonna we're just gonna forge ahead, and it's ringing again. And he's gonna say hello the minute I start talking. I just know it. 
There he is. (laughs) (laughs) Tom, Tom, can you hear us? Okay, um, it's ringing again, and I know he's gonna do it again. Hello, <laughs> Tom. Can you hear us? Yeah. Oh, thank God. So when you... what's going on? I kept answering, and then I couldn't hear anything. I, well, we know that, and we recorded it all. So you you can go back and listen to the amount of times that you you uh, you said hello. <laughs> and we just sat here and laughed because we everybody were... was just being quiet and playing a joke on me here. No, no, we 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 were talking to you. We were laughing, but you couldn't hear us. So <laughs> anyway, all right. So moving right along, making headlines this week in the world of comics. Um, there is one comic retailer in Hunterdon, New Jersey. So a little shout out to our fans in New Jersey, and they are proving that not all heroes wear capes and have fancy powers. Uh, this this Jersey comic outlet is hosting its sixth annual superhero weekend from October 6th uh, through the 7th, and all proceeds are going to SAFE, an organization providing services and support to victims of domestic and sexual abuse. And there are many artists and writers that are donating their work and time to help the worthwhile cause. And so you can check it all out, and you can actually bid on their on on, on their work um, by going to safeinhunterdon.org. So that's S-A-F-E-I-N-H-U-N-T-E-R-D-O-N.org. That's cool. You know, I I, I think that... Not enough stores are out there really doing that kind of work. And it's always good to hear of a store who's doing work that helps the community, you know? Yeah, for sure. That's why I thought yeah. we should mention it too, right? Give a little shout to these kind of people. Yeah, definitely. But- so so go check out safeinhunterdon.org and, and go bid on some, some cool stuff. Um, yeah. Because that's just a great all, way all to – All proceeds go to a good cause, so it's it's worthy. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Maybe we maybe that's something we should think about doing for like a future COC. I don't know what or how or something like that, but we should think of so I don't know some kind of charity or something and have people do. I don't know. I don't know what we would do. I don't know what people would get in order to 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 raise money, but I don't know. Maybe that's something mm-hmm. we can think about. It'd be cool. Yeah, give back, give back a little bit. Yeah, that'd be great. That'd be great. Not a lot. Not a lot of other stuff going on in the news. This week, really? Yeah, no, I was hard pressed. I, I, I even thought I thought for sure there might be some kind of secondary news about the Avengers being released, uh, you know, to Blu-ray, DVD, some kind of talk about you know earnings or something like that. But there was nothing. I, I the uh, I did see a, a cool post on uh, J. Scott Campbell did a is, I guess is doing a, like a series of covers. Uh, variant color covers, and there's one for all new X Men and one for all new uh, um, uh, Uncanny Avengers that have come out, and they are just I don't know if you like J. Scott Campbell, but um, ah, I, th- I I looked at those and just thought they were awesome, especially the all, especially the all new um, X Men one was just fantastic. So it's good stuff. 
Yeah, I got the Avengers. Uh, I got the Super Deluxe uh, DVD set uh, because I wanted the digital copy. And uh, the, the what kind of ticked me off is there are a bunch of bonus features that I really can't do much with. Uh, like the soundtrack album, you get the soundtrack for free as well, digital copy of the soundtrack, and the digital copy of uh, Avengers Assemble Number 1, both of which I already have. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, two of the uh, three digital downloads I already have. So I just got the movie download. Uh, um, right. But there's also uh, you. You can also get the the Blu-ray, the 3D version, the DVD version, uh, digital copy, and then uh, you can also order uh, posters. Of, uh, there, there's like a whole series of Avengers posters you can order out of it as well. Did uh, did anybody um, catch the new Dark Knight Returns animated? I did. I did too. I, uh, What'd you think? I committed uh, some Marvel blasphemy, and I stood there in front of the display for both of them, and and I I, I only got the Batman. Um, I it, it was pretty good. I did not like the voice acting, and I did not like the uh, facial animation. <laughs> and Bruce's uh, Bruce's thoughts from yeah. the book. Right. Fa- one 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 scene in particular where um, he's in his little tank Batmobile thingy and he's looking at the mutant leader. Yeah. There are things that went through that 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 uh, he thought that you could read in the book that they didn't put in the movie and and that that was a big loss. Those add those explained a lot of his actions and added so much to I, that. Scene. I have to say, I mean, going going along with what you're saying with the I. I with the voice acting, I, I, I understand you can't get Kevin Conroy every time, you know. But like, right. unfortunately, we're just spoiled on that guy. Like, he is the voice of Batman, and and I mean, even like, you can't you can't compare even the Christian Bale, the Michael Keaton's, all that other stuff. I mean, Kevin Conroy is Batman, and so it's just it just gets it's. The the voice acting was better than something else recently I saw, which had Batman in it. And the voice was it was one of the JLA ones, animated ones, and uh, and the voice acting was horrible there, um, of 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 Batman especially. But um, I you know I I, di- I didn't mind it as much in this one. But um, I'm not a I'm not a Dark Knight Returns like purist. So it's been a long time since I've read it. So I I really enjoyed it because it was just a I thought it was just a good story. So, oh, it was very enjoyable, and 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 for the most part, it followed uh, Frank Miller's work. Yeah. And so I, you know, I'm I'm really looking forward to part two. Yeah. Those are good animated flicks. If you haven't seen them or any of those in that in the series of DC animated, I mean, I have to yeah, give they, I have to de- give DC. Butt. Yeah, I have to give DC some credit. Um, they're 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 pretty good. So. Yeah, I, I haven't. I didn't get this one. I did. I do have. Uh, uh, New Frontiers and uh, the Green Lantern one, which were both really good. Yeah, yeah. Marvel, Marvel definitely has an edge on the superhero movies, but but DC's got the animation down much better than Marvel does. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Marvel's animation tends to be too Disney oriented, whereas DC, I think DC does a better job, but Marvel definitely has the better movies. Hmm. Yeah. Except for Dark Knight. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. All right, well, changing things up a little um, for our final battle of the season or for the final the results of, our, of the final battle, uh, we decided to move the results of the fight to the end of the show. So, womp womp for you guys. 
Um, so stay tuned to hear who is going to be crowned the ultimate COC Live champion, Professor Xavier or Invisible Woman. So you got to stick around. So, um, so we have two questions this week, which I think are really great questions. The first one is from. Uh, I'm reading your part. I just realized. I'm sorry. You sure are. Dang it. Go ahead. That's it. I, I, this, I, this question is for you. Is from you. So why don't you pose it to us? Yeah, I couldn't get on the site this morning, so I was I was trying to get on it. I don't know. It just it showed the title banner, and then that was it. I couldn't get on, so um, I didn't bother trying again, and uh, just made a question myself. So the question that I made up was: uh, Would you give up your current job, the job that you guys work at now, if Marvel or DC came knocking? And offered you a job as either a writer or an artist. So would you? Would you? Would that be enough for you to give up your current job and go work for them, and you know, make some of the changes we've been talking about, or or no? Hmm. What do you think, Jeff? How about you? Um, because uh, because part of my. I mean, my job is also my vocation. I love what I do. I'm, you know, y'all know I'm a, I'm a, I'm an Episcopal priest, and, and it is so part of who I am. I, I could never, I could never walk away from. Hello. God, Hello. Hi. God, God calling. Oh, it's Tom again. Good grief. Um. Uh, I, I could never fully walk away from from my job because it's part of. It's not just my job. It's part of who I am. And so, so, but I could, um, I could definitely do some part-time. I would love to do some part-time writing, um, for, for, for Marvel or DC. So if they offered me the job out, yeah, I would have to maybe cut down, you know, what I do, uh, at the church and, and, you know, I don't know. I'd have to really think about it though. And, and, uh, and I would try to find some time to, to do something because yeah, I think that'd be awesome. Cool. Eli, how about you? Oh, sorry, Dan. Go ahead, Dan. Yeah, sure. Yeah, for myself, I, I'd walk away from my job for a Twinkie. So <laughs> if Marvel called me up and say, hey, come on board and draw some stuff for us, I'd be like, yeah, fuck yeah. I'm there, man, in a heartbeat. You'd have to invest a little and get me some art classes, but sure, I'm there. Guy, <laughs> how about you? I think I would leave. Uh, I might just leave the library, yeah. But I, but I don't know. I mean, so many guys that work for Marvel and DC have horrible experiences, like Rob Liefeld. Well, <laughs> right. Gosh, the day I compare myself to Rob Liefeld. But <laughs> so I don't know. I I I I'd, I'd be tempted. I'd be I'd be very tempted. Hmm. Tom, Tom, are you off your call now? Can you answer this one? Yeah, and no, I was yeah, friends. <laughs> Calling me, I, I'm very. Does I, he I need help? Is his boat yeah. stranded? No, 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 no. Nobody's on the boat tonight. It's pouring rain here, so nobody's nobody's on the boats anywhere. Um, I, you know, it it, it depends. I, I, you know, I'd always I've always wanted to get into the comics industry, so I would I'd be very sorely tempted to to do it. Um, but kind of like Jeff, I, I'm also kind of wrapped up in my current job, so I don't I don't know if it, it, if it's one of these things where. Money wise, everything be equivalent, then then yeah, I'd probably give it a shot. Yeah, yeah for me, uh, I found it really tough. This is a tough, would be a tough decision for me. Um, 
the biggest thing from for, with my job is the stability of my job. Uh, you know, just as a government employee and stuff like that. Although Dan is as well, but as a government employee, my job's pretty safe. Uh, and I say that now, and you know, we're under worse attacks from the government right now than we've yeah. ever been in the history of our career. But um, <laughs> it's a uh, you know, it, it's a relatively safe job in terms of you know layoffs and and oftentimes the economy can't touch it and that you know whether it's good or bad so you know and I, just the spot that I am in in my life now with my kids and my house and stuff but we've kind of built our life around that that security um, so it'd be tough for me to leave I, I'd be tempted though I, I'd like to do it that's for sure uh, and, and, and that, I guess on, on the flip side I know that that security that I'm talking about just is not present in that industry. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah, exactly. Right. You're basically a contract worker and they just let you go at the drop of a hat. So, um, but, but yeah, you know what? I think, I think, uh, at the state I'm in, in my, you know, that how angry I am right now in terms of, uh, the, the way the government's treating us and stuff like that. Um, I think, I think I, I'd do it. I, I drop everything and I go draw or write for them. Wow. That's cool. Mm. Are you an artist? <laughs> That's funny. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I am actually. I, really? Uh, yeah, yeah. I have uh, huh. my my university degrees in art. Really? Yeah, I'm actually wow. I'm a I'm a practicing artist. I sell my art. Are you serious? Yeah. Wow. Did I? How did I we never know we, this. I did not know this. Yeah, I don't think you've ever mentioned it before. No. Uh, no, I've even had people. I've I had. Uh, one of the one of the guys is, was from our old website. Uh, he used to hound me to uh, to draw his books. He he wrote them, and then he wanted me to illustrate them. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And I was always like, no, I'm not interested. In that. You'll have to post in in the instant message who that was. Um, but uh, well, and and don't let don't let Dan Brian, you know, pretend like he's not. Like that, he needs art classes because the guy can draw. I've I've I played charadium with him, and, he, <laughs> and he's and he's awesome. He kicks he kicked my ass every time. It's really good, really good. So, well, it, are any of the rest of you like part time writers or artists? Um, I, I can't, I can't draw, draw with the hoop, but life. I can do what? Tom, uh, I can't I can't draw worth the hoop, but I can I can write. Cool. And Eli, that's the same same for you. Uh, I, I, I'm not going to say I can write, but I can definitely write better than I can draw. I, I can't draw anything. Well, there you go. Well, very cool. Well, that's all very interesting. Well, I, yeah. See, learn something new. We got to the end of season two and learned something new about about everybody. So <laughs> we are a talented bunch of nerds. Yeah, yeah. That's great. It's- just wait till my book gets published. Then you'll see. <laughs> I can't wait, man. I'll buy that. Yeah. I'm about 100 pages in. About 100 pages in. Nice. But it's been, it's been a long, long, long ways. And then not because I'm stuck with writing it, but just because I, just, I never can find the sustained time. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. My, 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 kids, my, my kids require a great deal of my attention. Yeah, right. Shit. I find it hard to post the fight. <laughs> in the forum focused you know what I mean without screwing it up and stuff because of them so right <laughs> um alright well do we have another question 
Yeah, so there's, there's a second question that comes from the forum. This one's from Moses. Uh, and Moses's question, basically what he's asking is about how, how many hours per month would you say do you put into comic endeavors, things that are related to comics? Uh, so reading books, purchasing books, um, you know, podcasts, writing reviews, all of that kind of stuff. Um, and, and he also wants to know about how many books would you say you purchase in life? It's an interesting question. That is an interesting question. Uh, for me, I probably I probably buy around. I don't know. As you guys know, it's all it's always up and down, up and down, right? Depending, but um, probably about ten books a week, give or take, somewhere in that range. That'd probably be the average. Um, and how much time do I dedicate into it? Oh, I don't know. According to my wife, way too much. <laughs> way, way, way too much. Um, shoot, I don't know. I don't know how much time I dedicate to it. Lately, a lot because I've just been slow at reading my books lately. They've, I've, they haven't really pulled me in, you know. Right, right. So, but, but yeah. Mm. Okay. Um, how many books do I purchase a month? I, I'm probably around the same as as Ian. Uh, I guess about ten to fifteen or something around there. I've I've kind of gone up a little bit recently. Um, Mainly because I, I just can't seem to break the X-Men habit. And I need to because it just, I don't know. I'm thinking this new venture, I'm going to try these new books. And then if, if they suck, I'm just, I'm going to, I'm going to let go. Um, yeah, I'm the same. I'm going to do the exact same thing, actually. Yeah, yeah. And really start, start you know, turning my attention to more books that I'm, I'm really, so I may not change the number of books that I order, but I, I may uh, just switch it up a little bit. So. Um. Yeah. So, and I re- I read everything. Like the I, when I get my comics on Wednesday, I read them immediately. Like even if it's like I read them until uh, until I'm until it's bedtime. So uh, I usually get home from church a little bit later on Wednesdays, and then I kind of sit up and read for a while. So I read everything. So and then um, how, I spend way too many hours on comic stuff. Um, <laughs> uh, because you know doing this show takes about gosh at least five to six hours of my week because of editing and because of posting it and wow. doing all that stuff so yeah i mean it takes just doing the show and that's not including probably the couple hours that i do writing for comicattack.net um and reading so you know i would say probably about 10 hours a week i'm doing comic book related things um so that's why you know that's why I'm taking a that's why we're taking a break after the show, so I can you know sp- spend some time with my kids. But but you know the, the, you know just so people know I'm not a completely neglectful father. I mean I do most of this after they all go to bed. So um, so it's really just uh, time that I have to myself. So and I enjoy it. So it's not like it's a chore. So well, and that that's why we pick this time to record. Even you know yeah, cause exactly right right for the two of us then. Like uh, for us anyway, our kids are in bed, and yeah. it's just it's the least intrusive of yeah. the time. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. So that's me. How about uh, how about you, Tom? Uh, let's see. A number of books I get. Uh, usually somewhere on the eighty-five to one hundred month range. Um, wow. Right now, I've, I've just got to, I do have to prune it. <laughs> I do have to print it. I do have to print it back. I, I am currently collecting the entire New Fifty Two, which is way too much. I need to cut out the the losers out of that and and, and narrow it down. But so all of I, I did get my my monthly 
<laughs> rack of books and I actually went through an entire pack of 100 bags and boards bagging them and still batch was well well over 100 but what's your um, what, what's your store again what it's, it's called Classic Comics. They they actually don't have a physical location anymore. It's just mail order now. Oh, it is. Okay. So you, yeah. Okay. He just he just sends me a box every month. Okay. But um, in terms of the number I read, I usually read at least three a day. So that'd be thirty forty five minutes reading a day. Sometimes more. Um, but yeah, obviously that if you add that up, it it shows there's usually a deficit. So that's one reason I have several thousand comics in backlog, including like the last five six years wow. of Marvel. <laughs> so yeah, I mean it does. It takes. I mean, on average, if a, a regular comic book takes about what fifteen twenty minutes to read. Yeah. You know. So yeah, I mean, if you get, if you get on Wednesday, if you get ten books, that's a lot of that's a lot. Mm-hmm. Of 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 reading, um, a lot of hours put in. So, yeah, it takes me generally about ten minutes, ten to yeah, about ten to fifteen minutes per comic. So, right, and and I I usually read up to three at a time, so that'll be about forty five minutes, but mm-hmm. thirty to forty five, depending. I mean, you know, you get something with few words, you can zip through it pretty quickly. But, um, in terms of cataloging and stuff, that. Yeah, that'll come out to a couple hours a month. I actually have a pretty good size stack I need to get on and put in the uh, and put up into the core collection. But that's uh, I'm waiting for cold weather when I'm not out on the you know not not running out of the house as much as I can. And and really most of the backlog came from uh, the the fact that I was traveling most of the early part of this decade. I, I was traveling pretty much every week, so I'd read you know three to five comics a week instead of now it's three three to about three or so a day. So I'm I'm slowly catching up, and I need to cut back on the new comics, and I can cut into the backlogs more. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, in my case, it's definitely more reading than uh, than anything. Right. All right. Wow, Tom. I mean, that's like mind blowing. There. <laughs> Eli, how about you? I, Tom, you're like what eighty five to one hundred a month. I'm. I've I've been buying a lot of more trades than individual issues, so I average maybe three, four trades a month, and I get stuff that's on sale, whatever Diamond has, uh, the distributor, uh, that that, uh, same guy you get your comics from, I think, Jeff. Yeah. Um, uh, You know, he he passes the sale along to us, and um, so normally no more than 10 books, a combination of trade and individual issues a month. Um, and I don't know, total t- hours a month that I spend doing comic-related things, including reading and everything, is – it's, I don't know, less than 10 hours a month, maybe five or six or seven. But this month has been a lot more because because I've recorded, what, mm-hmm. three three weekends this month? Yeah. Because we're at the end of the game, but normally – you, we, uh, uh, us individual competitors are on like uh, one out of every three or four weeks. So, right, yeah, yeah. You guys dwarf me in comic time. Yeah. <laughs> in my case, a lot of it is is a lot of it's inertia. I mean, things like uh, Hellblazer, for example. I've been collecting since it started in 1988. So, or 1980 was a six, I think it started. So I've been you know, buying that comic for 25 years. Right. You know, and and so it just, you know, I've been getting Fantastic Four, Action Comics, Superman, all these comics since at least the early to mid-90s. So it's just a matter of once a comic goes on my list, it's hard for me to to make myself drop it. So things just kind of add up. 
And and I don't have kids or a wife or anything like that, so I don't have to worry about the, how much I spend. Yeah, you have budget relatively more, you know, than than someone who has to you know, feed the kids and uh, and and keep the wife happy and so on. Right. So, Dan, how about you, man? Uh, me, I, I I'm pretty much like uh, you guys. Uh, you know, a, a dozen to fifteen books per month, I think. Um. I read I read about the same amount I guess maybe a little less because uh, some of what I buy uh, is for my wife uh, so she reads those and I don't tend to read all of those um, so but if I had to uh, add up the time too as spent like you know for comic related stuff uh, same as you I do the reviews uh, for the X Files uh, the times for the podcasting. Uh, administering a forum, which doesn't sound like I'm doing much, but you know, you got you got to check in every day. All those uh, all those uh, updates from the the links to all the articles from ComicAttack.net, I I post those up by hand. That's not a bot or anything that does it, right? So that's uh, well, you are the bot. I am the bot, essentially. Yeah. So <laughs> you know that takes time, uh, and uh, I, I guess it would have to be about a solid ten hours per week just on comic book stuff if I include the reading, the buying, the reviews, the forum and all that stuff. Right. So yeah, 40 hours per month or so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's like a re- it's like any regular hobby that anybody would have. Um that I mean that that's that's really how how this is. So, you know, and and what you all, you know, what you listeners out there have to realize is that all of this is just uh a labor of love like we 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 just do it because it's fun you know it's it's we we uh we're not making any money off of this um you know we just do it because it's fun so yeah all right well in the spirit of superheroes fighting superheroes it is tradition on the show for all of us to choose one fight from this week's comics that we consider to be the highlight fight of the week so let's see. Let's start with Dan, and let's see what he has to say. What's your fight of the week, buddy? I I don't know. Oh, he wants to come <laughs> back to you. Uh, yeah, I didn't even think about it. I don't okay. even know what came out this week. So, uh, okay, uh, Eli, how about you? I I don't have one either. What? <laughs> I I know. Okay, okay. Everybody's I haven't, I haven't had time to read anything this week. Okay, Ian, you you go. Okay. Um, I, know, I know you have one. Yeah, I have one, and and it's not just a throwaway pick like my last two have been either. This is a this is a wicked fight. Um, my fight comes from before Watchmen, uh, the comedian number three, and the fight is the comedian himself versus um, I'm probably going to butcher the name, Ozymandias or Ozymandias. Ozymandias. Yeah. Ozymandias. So it, the fight the fight is just spectacular. Um, uh, with with these two guys just kind of feeling each other out it's it's the the the, the fight in the story itself is supposed to be a bit um you know from the past and it's when the comedian and Ozymandias uh first run into each other and they're Ozymandias is trying to learn more about the comedian and and they're actually they're actually both out you know, at the same time not together but just happen to be investigating the the disappearance of hooded justice i believe his name is He's yeah the, the, the yeah the guy with the big noose around his neck, real big, big, big guy. Um, So they're both out investigating his disappearance, trying to figure out where the heck this guy went. And, you know, the comedian's there. They're they're there for two separate reasons. The comedian's there because the government has asked him to be there. He's more of a wet works kind of, you know, 
behind the scenes government assassin guy where Ozzy Medias uh, is just taking a personal interest in, in what's happening here. So they both go at it and it's, you know, it's like, uh, I don't know, it's hard to explain. It's kind of like, well, it's kind of like how I would picture the Wolverine Iron Fist fight, you know what I mean? Where you have these two, these two silky smooth hand-to-hand -hand fighters that are just, that basically anticipate each, each other's next move, almost as though they're fighting their own shadow. Um, and it, it's supposed to get pretty intense at one point in time. The comedian pins him down, and the whole time he's fighting, he's got a cigar in his mouth, right? And he pins Ozzy Mendias down, and then because he can't get a hand free, what he does is he puts his mouth towards Ozzy's eye, trying to put his cigar into his eye. And then so Ozzy Mendias knew that, you know, he's going to lose an eye here. So to fight back, what he does is he bites the cigar. So the lid end of the cigar, he actually bites it um, into his own mouth and then spits it into the comedian's eye. And, you know, they, they just... They, they just go back and forth like this for like eight or nine pages. Um, nice. Really good. And then in the end, when, when all said and done, they walk away from each other. Uh, you find out that Ozymandias, because, you know, you're wondering the whole time. I'm like, oh, I thought Ozymandias was, uh, you know, was, was the comedian's better in terms of hand-to-hand -hand fighting and stuff like that. Um, you find out that Ozymandias just, he actually let him win because he was trying to almost like take mental notes on his fighting style and stuff like that so that he could use it for the future. So really awesome fight. Um, great. Another uh, great book. Yeah. And the good thing is that, that that's a predecessor of the, you know, the off screen final fight that, that opens the ridge that opens the actual Watchmen series. Yeah. That's yeah. pretty cool. Because yeah, now, now in retrospect, you know, who, who threw comedian out the window and now you know how it how you know, you have more background. That's one thing I am liking about the, the Watchmen series before yeah. Watchmen series is that it's, it is, yeah, it's not just the creators taking liberties and trying to write new stories for his characters. They're trying to tie in to the actual yeah. original series. No, it's it is very, very, very smartly written. Uh, it, I'm getting all the singles, and then when the when the trade comes out, I'm going to get that too, so I can have the trade, just so I can read it, you know, in order, without having to go and fumble through all my books and stuff like that. The, uh, the the series is uh, I highly recommend it. It's it's been good. Not just the comedian either. All of them. Wow. Who wrote the uh, comedian series? I can't remember the, the they, they have top notch creators on everything. Man. Yeah, Jay Lee's the Our illustrator. Uh, is it Azarello? I think. I, give me one sec. I can see my stack. I just got to go grab it. Give me one sec. Well, I'll uh, I'll go ahead and start mine uh, while he while he goes. Um, my five of the week comes from. Wolverine and the X-Men number 17, and uh, I am a huge Mike Allred fan. I just love him and uh, love everything that he does, and so to see him and Jason Aaron do a Wolverine and the X-Men book, it just was such a treat. Um, but the fight that I want to highlight is this story was all about uh, Dupe, who is the character who showed up in... Um, uh, the uh, and, uh, you know the the revamped X Force, uh, and then that turned into X Statics, and uh, Dupe is really just this blob, this green. He looks a lot like Slimer, just kind of floating around, and um, uh, so he. But he's shown back up since the Jean Grey School has opened. Jason Aaron has been writing Dupe in, just kind of in the background. And so we've never really known kind of what, why is Dupe there, like what's his connection and all this kind of stuff. So this issue really tells the whole story of why Dupe is at the school. And basically the idea is that 
Wolverine uh, asks the Duke to come to basically take care of the threats to the school that no X-Men would ever uh, have any interest in <laughs> fighting. It's not just, it's kind of like X-Force, but it's like Duke, Duke handles all the lame threats that, 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 uh, that uh, are, are against the Xavier school. So, um, so the fight that I thought was just hilarious was, um, oh, well, bef- I'll, I'll say this. Before that, uh, Dupe, in order for, for, for Dupe to start working for Wolverine at the school, uh, Wolverine has to do a bunch of crazy things uh, for Dupe and, um, or, or in order to, 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 to make the deal fair. And uh, one of the things that was just hilarious was he gets um, – <laughs> he 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 uh Dupe makes Wolverine dress up in a Cyclops an old classic Cyclops uniform and he goes on stage and basically just continually stabs himself in the face um and uh in front of a live audience and um anyway it was just hilarious so but but the fight actually is um there's a <laughs> there is a there is a league of Nazi bowlers that uh, gather and and want to basically destroy all the mutants, and so um, Dupe finds this group, and he comes up out of the uh, the ball, the bowling ball. Uh, what do you call that thing? Ball Convey- return. Ball, the ball return thing. Yeah, he, he he pops up out of that, and basically this guy like chunks a bowling ball at at Dupe, but Dupe catches it in his mouth and swallows it. And I guess Dupe has this power where he can kind of swallow something. It's kind of like a, uh, it's kind of like Yoshi from uh, Super Mario World, where he swallows something and then he can spit out like duplicates of it. And so, uh, so he he basically he like throw he he basically barfs up all of these bowling balls um, and knocks out all the Nazi bowlers. But the great thing was is the great thing is is that none of the X Men know what Dupe does for Wolverine. And and Dupe is just hanging around the, the the mansion, and he's just he's just like everybody just thinks he's lazy, and he sleeps all the time, and looks at porn, and just all this stuff. And um, so he's laying there at like the the staff meeting table, and he's just like sleeping, and all of a sudden he burps a bowling ball up, and it and there's just there's <laughs> just great panel of the bowling ball like covered in like saliva that's just rolling down the table. And like all the all the teaching staff is just looking at it, and 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 Wolverine's kind of got his arms crossed, and he's like, you know, just whistling because he doesn't want them to know what what Dupe's role is. But anyway, this issue was just hilarious, and um, I just loved it. I know some people probably would criticize it because it was it just was not. You know, it's just not serious enough. But I mean, I think in a week, it, it, well, in a couple last few months, where everything in the X Men books are just so serious, this book really lightened it up and and made it funny, but in continuity, and it made sense and all that, and it was a great issue. So, so who was that? Who was that uh, writer of Before Watchmen? The comedian. Yeah, I, I should have known this. I, I should be embarrassed. It's uh, Len Wein. Oh yeah, cool. <coughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, my my point was that they do have you know top notch creators on these before Watchmen books. They're really good. Yeah, they do. Yeah. And uh, I thought, by the way, Jeff, I thought uh, Dupe was dead. I already like lost one of his brains or some weird thing like that. Yeah. Oh yeah. They they talk a little bit about that. 
There's there Beast does a Beast does a study on him on and 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 finds that he actually he has a you know another brain in his backside or something like that. Like he has multiple brains in yeah. multiple places. So anyway, I, all of that is to say that yes, Dupe did die technically, but he has shown he's shown up since then and he's one of those kind of tongue in cheek characters at Marvel that they you know, they're never gonna really kill uh even though if even though they do kill him, he's he's always gonna return. So now who was the clone or whatever, the twin that, that Havoc and Polaris Dap. ran into? Dap. That was Dap. Dap. Okay. But some people think I mean Peter Milligan wrote that story too and, and pe- most people think that that was actually duped to you know to it wasn't I don't know who it doesn't matter it was a stupid story but um, but this this story was a lot better so all right Dan you ready yeah I looked through the books I read and there's nothing oh there's nothing no <laughs> no fights yeah okay. well I guess the only thing I could say was uh, Amazing Spider-Man. Uh, not much happened except that when Spider-Man was going out to go find, I believe he was going out to go find Alpha. Uh, it's already been a week and I forgot. But he runs into the Avengers and they're on their way to uh, take on Terminus. Uh, the only reason why I like this fight is because for some reason I have some sort of um, uh, you know emotional attachment to Terminus because when I started reading collecting comics was during the Terminus Factor. I don't know if any of you guys remember that. They yeah, ran in the it, it ran in the annuals. Yeah, it ran in those annuals, uh, so it's pretty cool. Anyways, I uh, yeah, so the the team is taking on Terminus, and I guess this is to display how how strong uh, Alpha is. So Alpha gets called in, and by the time he he even hangs up the phone with with uh, with Spidey, he's already in New York. I think he was in Japan or something, and then he's already in New York, and he's bitch slapping Terminus, right? Uh, so of course, being the young hothead. Uh, he takes down Terminus, but not without consequence. So the Avengers are left to basically clean up the mess because he took out, like, he screwed up all the circuitry on all the airplanes that are in the area. So they gotta they gotta go save all these planes that are going down around New York. And uh, so that was basically it. But yeah, whatever. It's, right. it's a Ramos drawn book, so it's gotta be good, right? It's gotta be good. All right, all right, Tom. Uh, I chose uh, Legion of Superheroes number twelve, and in this in, in the book, it's uh, uh, Paul Levitz is writing it, and uh, Francis uh, Portel is the artist, and Tom uh, Durenick as the uh, as inker. But it, it's essentially it opens with the the previous issue you had the the, the Legion task force that was uh, investigating the uh, the Dominators has uh, been captured in there. They're basically put on a big serving table. They're going to be fed to. Uh, I think it's the head dominator, the, like the cast leader. And uh, so they're, of course, you know, boasting your triumph. And, and Dream Girl, of course, escapes. And, and Dream Girl, anybody knows the Legion knows Dream Girl always kind of seems to be the most useless Legionnaire. Because her, her power is basically when she falls asleep, she can she has, she has visions when she falls asleep, she can prophesize the future. But they're always unreliable. So, so in essence, she's just, you know, in, in terms of action, of an action comic, She's she's fairly useless, but that, she does that's have... that's pretty bad if you're the lamest member of the lamest superhero team. Oh, uh, I wouldn't call Legion the lamest. <laughs> uh... <laughs> now, anyway, she does manage though. Though she does save the day here. She picks her locks and uh, and uh, escapes and starts freeing the other Legionnaires. So it ends up with uh, 
the Legionnaires against the Dominators, and they re- end up releasing one of these new genetically engineered Dominators they're creating, which uh, is a combination of uh, Daxamite and uh, Kaluan DNA. What that means is going to be it, it'll be super smart and super, you know, basically Superman level power. And uh, fortunately, it's you're just breaking free. It hasn't they haven't quite put all the pieces together yet, so it's still while being really strong, it hasn't uh, fully charged up yet. So that that lets uh, they 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 wake uh, Starboy up, who his powers uh, the ability to increase gravity. So you know, have him increase the local gravity field. And um, meanwhile, the the other legionnaires are getting free. They're they're fighting, and of course, what they need is Monel to come in. He's the uh, he's the actual Daxamite who could go toe to toe with this this uh, new Dominator. So, uh, but he's hogtied by a bureaucratic red tape. They basically the United the the uh, was it UFP is won't won't allow him to go out until they they have proof. But of course, they they yeah they they can't get the proof without going out there. So he ends up. Um, uh, meanwhile, the the legionnaires trapped on the Dominator homeworld. They're uh, yeah, they're they're doing the best they can. They're fighting off the uh, uh, fighting off this uh, super Dominator. And meanwhile, the uh, Monel calls on Sensor Girl, who, if you remember, is uh, the former uh, Projectra, who's able to uh, basically make everyone experience what's actually happening. And that, that finally gets some approval. So the legionnaires uh, manage to. Uh, uh, yeah, they they get mostly they they kind of get things. Well, they they kind of reach that point where they're now surrounded. Yeah, they they cause some damage. They're now surrounded, and uh, it's it's about the end. And that's when uh, Monel and uh, Ultra Boy show up and just say and you know take care of everything for them. So it's just one of these books. It's just wall to it's just cover to cover action, just beating up you know bad guys and so on, and uh, and just a good old fashioned slugfest. Plus you get to see uh, you know Monel and and Ultra Boy really showing their showing off you know what they're able to do. So uh, it was I had a I didn't have a whole lot of really unique fights, but this this was a good you know kind of throwback to a good old slugfest. All right. So it's Legion number twelve. Legion number twelve. All right. Okay. Um, so before we go on to the fight uh, for our final fight, I thought it might be a good idea for us to talk a little bit about COC Live Three. So I had a few questions that I was going to ask. Do you think there's time for this, Jeff? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We've got yeah. plenty of time. Sure. Okay. Um, so I had a few questions that I was going to ask to the people that came on tonight and. You can feel free to ask them or don't bother answering them or whatever whatever floats your boat, okay? Um, so the first one I thought I'd ask, probably the hardest one, uh, what, what would you guys say bugs you the most about the format? Like what would you change if you could change something about the way we do the show? The hosts. <laughs> yeah, you, you kind of set yourself set, set us up for that one. <laughs> I'm okay with that. <laughs> hey, yeah, I, 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 happen, right? <laughs> I, I just I guess I I should I should also say um just because you guys are going to answer the question doesn't mean we're going to change anything. Right <laughs> yeah. Oh, I I just have to I just have to throw this in real quick. Um decapitated Dan texted me tonight and he said that did you know that Bamf stu- stu- stood for badass motherfucker? No, I thought it was just a place in BC. No, no, yeah. no, Nightcrawler, Nightcrawler, the Banff, you know. 
That's 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 what that's what he said. Anyway, is that is that from it, what it stems from? Was that I, like an Easter egg thing? I don't know. I don't or know. I don't just think a you can believe anything that I'm I like. I'm like, can believe anything Dan decapitated yeah, Dan true. says. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm right. like Ian. Sorry. Every time I he, I read it or he, I think of BC, I think of a ski resort. Really? There's an actual place called Banff. Yeah. Banff, British Columbia. Banff. Awesome. Yeah, it's a beautiful, beautiful ski resort out in BC. Really? Okay. Okay, sorry, I didn't mean to. It's not spelled the same as, as Nightcrawler's Banff, but yeah. yeah. Okay. Pronounced the same. So, okay, so what else bugs you guys about the format? Or if anything? I like the overall format. I, I think maybe the podcast may – I don't know if the podcasts are too long because of the other stuff we throw in. But I do like – I mean I, I don't have a problem with any of the format. I enjoy recording the podcast and it's, it's a lot of fun. So I, I don't really have a problem with it. I second that. I, I, and I like the, uh, the, uh, the, the fight in the middle. Not, not squarely in the middle. Because it's really only one segment after the fight, the power rankings. But I, I like I like having the power rankings after the fight. Cool. Dan, how about you? No comment. No, no, I, it's <laughs> it's fine. I just you know my only. Uh, but then it wouldn't be more of a tournament. I would prefer more of the uh, like the back and forth is very structured. Like okay, you go first, you go first. We do the coin toss thing. I would I would prefer more of a. Um, more of a shoot the shit sort of, you know, playing in the hypothetical. But then, like, like I said, it's not much of an actual competition. If you're just, I just like sitting around talking about who could possibly win and what kind of cool things one person would do to beat or could do to beat the other, and just like a bit less competitive that way. But then that goes against the nature of the actual, of the actual game, right? So. We we could call it the conversation of champions. That's right. <laughs> well, <laughs> well the, the way I the way I usually do the do, do my arguing is is uh, you know the way I think it should or yeah you know, this is my personal feeling is the way I think it should run is that we have um, each competitor gets their window where they they can give their rationale without interruption. You you each get a chance to say your piece, and then it then in my view it becomes more of a back and forth. And at least the ones I've argued, you know, I, I'll jump in and back, and you know, we we'll go back and forth. I mean, was that we've I, I know I've had a few arguments that have gone on over an hour where we just go <laughs> back and forth and argue and and you know we'll point and counterpoint each other. And and I think the main thing is just make sure you're not talking. You know, you don't want one person just dominating and and filibustering the whole time, but. You know, we'll, we'll try to have a back. I, I I like getting into the back and forth and kind of arguing and and at least the ones I've been in, you know, the content, the uh, the matches I've been in, I I usually try to strike up a dialogue more than anything. And once we mm-hmm. each get, once we say our piece, then it's then it's really free for all. Good, yeah. No, I think I the format seems to flow fairly nicely. Um, like Dan, I agree a little bit. It could, it, we could use some more, maybe looser parts to it. The only, uh, the only problem with that though is, is that like if we were all together, I think that would work well because then we could read yeah. off each other's body language and visual cues and things like that. But it's you, you guys have already seen it's it's uh, you know jumping over top of each other and stuff like that when we're recording from opposite ends of the earth. Uh, <laughs> It's uh, it definitely has its challenges. 
Yeah. But I think we, I think we do well with that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm surprised at how, how natural we can make it sound, even though we can't see each other. Right. We'll ha we'll have to bring up uh, you know video uh, someday so that we can see each other while we're doing it. Maybe. Um, see, see, Eli and Eli and Ian would never do that. <laughs> yeah, I, I have to remain a man of mystery. <laughs> You can um, wear that. You can wear your toboggan on your head, and oh, then you wear every yeah. single toboggan I own. I don't think I've ever seen a picture of Ian too. He's always taking great pains to uh, to uh, hide his. Face. I don't see how you guys can exist and not. I don't see how you can be online and not have a I've picture. I've seen of plenty of pictures of Ian. Eli, I've never seen. Hey, well, I was gonna, just going to ask you, Ian, if you if you felt uh, if if you liked the fact that there were no pictures of you out on the internet, but I guess. With what Dan said, I guess I guess that's not what do you true. Mean there's plenty of. I've I've still only seen one picture, of what of 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 Ian, and that one was blurry. So I still I still don't know what. And but I don't think I want to know what Ian looks like. <laughs> I mean, I've gone I've gone for so many years without seeing it. I mean I think I've got this image of him in my mind that I just I, I don't know what would happen if I were to see the real thing. What what's what's the image in your mind? I'm curious. <laughs> I'm not gonna say. I'm not gonna say. <laughs> not gonna say. I I think it's pretty cool that there's no pictures of of me on the internet, as far as I know. Yeah. Yeah. I know. How I know. Are we supposed I... to make fun of you? You can't. But then again, you could say whatever you want about how I looked, and and no one and and no one else could contradict you because no one's ever seen me. I will say it was it was a really I, I can remember the first time that Ian and I had a Skype conversation and like that was so illuminating um, after years and years of just emailing and posting back and forth to each other like it was amazing like it was like oh my gosh like this person has a real voice oh my god so mm -hmm. yeah <sighs> that's one of the things I've loved about this about this uh, about this pod doing the podcast is just you know. Getting to know you guys better, you know, over time has just been great. So, and I, I back to what we, the question. I agree that the a more conversational style would be cool, but it is difficult on the podcast. And, um, I mean, something like Google Hangout might make it a little easier. But if if ever we were to do a more conversational style here on the podcast, the the competitiveness could could take place on the forum. So right. we wouldn't necessarily have to give that up. Mm -hmm. I'm not entirely sure Skype could even handle uh, the that number of video conferencing happening at the same time over that length. Like I find their service to be a little yeah. Well, that's why you'd have to do Google Hangout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something that's made for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Then we would just curse Google instead of Skype, right? When it didn't work right, probably. Sure. All right. So here's the second question. Do you guys uh, do you guys like the hero versus hero format, or would you prefer something a bit more complex than that, like team versus team or pairing versus pairing, like something something bigger than one on one? I know we have the double team card, but essentially the game's set up to be you know one person versus one other. Would you know? Do you, do you, are you good with that, or would you prefer to see it a bit more complex? I uh, I loved the idea. I can't remember whose idea it was. Um, about uh, teams of three and a capture the flag uh, motif where it wasn't a straight up battle 
it was completing a mission and who could complete the mission first. I like that idea. Yeah. I think that would be fun. And and it would add a layer because there would be the battle, of course, the the, the character on character uh matchup and, and and strategy, but then there there's a whole new dimension to it because of finding the object first. Yeah. It's a simple thing, but it would add a whole new wrinkle that I, I think would be a lot of fun. And a whole new set of powers would become valuable, I think. Trackers, exactly. flyers, things like that. Mm. It would definitely change how you did the draft. And, um, you know, I, I, I think that idea is, is, is really cool and worth exploring. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, Dan? Oh, sorry. Change. What were you saying, Tom? I uh, just uh, yeah, your strategy would be very different from what from the way you draft for a one on one battle. That's for sure. Yeah. Dan, what do you think? Why am I here, man? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think yeah, it's you know I I prefer the one on one because I'm not quite sure how a team championship or a team contest would would go, but uh, I'd be game. Mm-hmm. Well, and that, and then that kind of that kind of answers my next question because my next question was: Should we incorporate more of a story into the fights, um, like create separate conflicts, or you know, like like Eli was saying, assign team missions, or or would that just muddy things up? But you guys, you guys kind of answered that anyway. Um, well, how about you? How about power cap? What's your favorite power cap? As you all know, with me, I like guys who can actually punch each other. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you want a you want a power cap that eliminates the telepaths and the and the uh, invisible womans? Is that it? Woman's? Something like that. <laughs> well, damn campers. There's only one. <laughs> yeah. I kind of uh, like. Uh, yeah, I mean, I while well, I love the cosmic, the the cosmic stuff gets just too crazy. Uh, I kind of like the the cap around maybe the Thor level. Mm-hmm. Where you, where you don't get so cosmic that, that they can't be beaten, and you're having to argue, you know, what's more powerful, the the uh, you know the the embodiment of the force of gravity, or the uh, you know the the <laughs> cons- or, the, or, or uh, yeah, some of the absolute control over space and time. It, it starts getting you're, you're starting to argue abstract uh, elements, and it gets it gets a little too wacky. But uh, but yeah, I mean, if you I, I like having the stronger characters. I mean, you want to be able to play the big guys, the Hulk and the Thors and Iron Man and so on and and put them in I, I like uh, I, I like there are good things to all the caps we've had the Iron Man level cap, the mid, you know the mid-level guys, the hand-to-hand fighter guys and the, the big guys, the Thor cap I, I, I like how it's gone, how we've rotated and uh, the la- last season one was a big cap it was uh, small cosmic guys like Thor and Gladiator, and we've got our Iron Man cap now. I think a, a more, not necessarily strictly street level, if we do the whole team and the mission deal, because uh, someone like Quicksilver, he wouldn't really fit, I don't think, in a street level cap, but it, it would be great to be able to draft him in that game. So maybe something a little under Iron Man, and but but from one season to the next, switch it. It keep, keeps it more interesting that way. Mm-hmm. And and tell you the truth, uh, Mac brought up and uh, someone brought it up. It may have been Mac. I'm not sure. 
weeks ago about using the same characters over and over. Um, and for example, like Thanos won the very first COC. I, I don't think, regardless of what cap we have, that he'll be allowed to be drafted again. Um, he, he's just way too powerful. I wouldn't even mind if certain characters got retired. Oh yeah, you know, not, not to go crazy with it. Definitely that's, not. But that's uh, that's like you guys probably wouldn't be able. To, well, probably you guys won't be able to relate to this at all. But back in the day, uh, in in all of our hockey pools that we used to have, it used to be that uh, Wayne Gretzky. You couldn't draft Wayne Gretzky. That was just the rule right off the top. Do you know what I mean? Like, so everyone's fair game, but you're not allowed to draft Wayne Gretzky. Because he just he was just whoever got the first overall pick in the draft would pick Gretzky and would win the pool. Do you know what I mean? So that was our rule. You cannot draft Wayne Gretzky. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. something like uh I mean if it, something like if you've won a COC in the past, you're retired, that might be a little much. But you know, perhaps if you win two COCs or just certain characters, I don't know how mm-hmm. we would figure it out, but that would that would be cool. Yeah. That would be cool. Yeah. Because then we'd have to go deeper into the to the to the catalog to find the more obscure characters or, or and things like that, and that that would make it interesting as well. Right. Well, what what we'll have to do one of these days is we'll have to have an auction. I think that would be fun. <laughs> yeah. For the draft, so all the players, you know, you you get a, each uh, manager gets a certain amount of money, and then you just bid for your players, and then once your money's run out, you're out, and so you have to really have a strategy. And then you can go in and you can mess up guys' strategies by coming in high on a character that you have no intention of wanting, but knowing that one of your competitors wants him. So, you know, <laughs> oh like, boy! I'll give twenty bucks to Iron Fist. Like so, say say everybody's come. Everybody's basically starting at five dollars. Like you know, as the draft goes, and then and then I'll be like, okay, I'll, I'll take Iron Fist for twenty bucks, and then you know, Eli's like, damn it, you know, it's okay, twenty one, and you, you yeah. can totally mess guys up. I don't know if you guys have ever done a draft like that before with sports stuff but they're a lot of fun That's cool. are you are you a fantasy footballer uh not anymore i used to i used to go into a lot of fantasy football leagues now i'm i i'm a big fantasy sports guy but um believe it or not uh i've really fallen out of football um and it's funny but there's that same style just with the auction during, yeah during the draft yeah yeah I, i've never done that but i've seen that i'm mostly familiar with it with baseball um okay we use it for baseball, but yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, and the last question that I put on here is: Do you guys think that Jeff and myself could fairly mediate a DC Marvel Marvel crossover game, or or would you say that our DC knowledge is too unreliable? I think you could fairly do it, uh, mainly because everybody's DC knowledge is unreliable nowadays. Mm. Except for yours, Tom. <laughs> Except for yours, Tom. <laughs> no, no, even mine. I mean, that's the thing. The new Fifty Two, nothing is set anymore, and and I have no idea what's real, what's yeah, you know, what's retconned out, and what's uh, what's been carried over. It's you know, we have a year now that we can look back on and see you know certain characters, but there there is a lot of DC history that's been wiped out. So it, it's it's almost a new game. You you could. Uh, you know the the DC characters have a lot of rust cleaned off of them. They're a little more clear cut, and, and, you know and what? who's available and what they can do. S- screw DC. They, they they went and did this this whole thing. Most of what I know, and most of what most of us know, I think about DC characters is is old, is pre New Fifty Two. Right. So uh, what 
you know, what are we what are we gonna do? Uh, say, oh yeah, uh, Slade Wilson beat up Batman, and then the next guy's gonna say, yeah, but that happened uh, before the the reboot, so it doesn't matter. Yep. And and it I, would be hard to post scans. And so for that reason, I say, no D, I, My vote is no DC whatsoever. Yeah, or or we or we allow everything. Or we That's allow it. everything from the past, and we don't – we ignore the fact that it was rebooted. Interesting. Because a year of continuity, I mean, that's that's useless yeah. for something like this. Yeah, and that, that's one reason I've kind of dropped my lobbying for a DC game is, is that Gig Racers, no, nobody knows anything about DC yet anymore. Um, but you're right. The, the uh, What's it? The other game – I think they had a resurrect where you could resurrect anybody at any point. I, well, I think we talked about something like that, right? Where you could resurrect any character at any point in their any power level. Right. We, we've used that. We did that, I think it was our first time around, wasn't it, Jeff? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Well, yeah, but the resurrect, it was, it was like the power level when they died or something along those lines. Because I tried that right. once with Rogue. I wanted Rogue with uh, the ability to um, where she had access to all the powers she previously um, absorbed. And she could select her powers. That that was like extreme X Men days, and uh, and I found out no 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 this is the point at which she lost her powers. So it would in, have been in yeah. COC one our very not not COC live one but COC one our very first one, at least. And Jeff can correct me if I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure that's one where we had it that you could resurrect or repower one character, and you could put them back to whatever power it was or. Uh, well, it's kind of like their standard power level. I mean, if if it well, was, it was still like with cap, right? We still, you still yeah, had to yeah. have to maintain the cap, right? Yeah, I remember I tried that and Jeff Jeff shot me down and said, "No, no, no you can't do that. You have to. It, it would be uh, it was some I forget what the level was that she'd be reduced to, but it wouldn't be wouldn't be where I wanted to put her. Right. But, we did that for COC four too. Yeah. 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 Hmm. Well, what's in COC one? Didn't we have a set draft list though too? No, that no, was that's... two. That was two. Okay. Um, in terms of the in terms of the voting and in terms of the, uh, you know, because uh, there have been lots of there have been lots of times where where the poll has has said one thing and and uh, Ian and I have voted in another uh, in, in the other direction. Um, uh, is is is? I mean, I, I'm guessing that's really the only way that we could could can do the can do the the final vote fairly, but um, anything you guys would change with that? Besides us voting for your character? <laughs> no. I, I, you guys do a fine job. And, yeah. I mean, you you know, it, this this these aren't things that are based on numbers. Right. You know, like uh, like who wins a race? You, and you just look who, who has a faster time. It, so there's, there's going to be differing opinions. Which is fine. It's fine to me. And I like the three the three vote setup, the poll and, and the two of you. So yeah, that that I like how that works. Well, I, I will tell you that it, it, it definitely has solved the issue that we had on the former site, which was, um, you know, we based everything on the poll, but you had people who were voting multiple times and logging in on different names and, and all that stuff. It just got way too it – just, it just lost all the fun because people were – so competitive that it it ended up kind of blowing up in our faces, and so um, at least with 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 me and and, and Ian having uh, 
uh, kind of the final, you know, having our votes kind of count a little bit more, um, then it's it has kind of created a quality control. Um, so even if even if there are multiple votes and those kind of things, um, at least they're they're still. Uh, I, I still still think the 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 fights are as fair as they can possibly be. So. I, I do like – I also like the way that it throws a twist into uh, the flea card because you have to throw the flea card before you even know if you've won the battle or not. Yeah. If, if you're losing the uh, ba- if you're losing the battle, then you, you, you may panic and throw the flea card, but it turns out, oh, Ian and Jeff were both going to vote for you. You, you wasted it uh-huh. and lost, yeah, lost the victory. You know, it, it could be uh, that you're not going to lose that character, but, but you don't know, and you won't know until it's too late to play the card. So it throws that extra little twist in there cool. that you have to, uh, you know, you, you, there's actually an element of risk. A, a flea car is not just a, a get out of jail free. It's it's a, uh, you know, it can be a strategic blunder if you throw it too quickly. Right. So I, I like that twist if it's on the game. Cool. Uh, we, I think we should change the name of the flea card to the run away with your tail between your legs card. <laughs> I mean, that, well, we all just, know what that to... means. We all know what the flea card means. It means you're a little pansy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. As long as, it's like we all know it's, that it's good. It's like you poison that character from ever winning another battle too. If if you flee, that character is not going to win the next battle because they fled the last battle. Right. Is, isn't it? Uh, that'd be a good stat. I need to ch- I need to check and see what the what the stats show on that. Who, Wasn't who, it speech who, that wanted to change it? Well, it was speech, right? Speech was the one who had a problem with to be called the flea card. I think. Oh, did he? Yeah, he wanted it to be like the strategic getaway card or something. A strategic withdrawal. <laughs> the, tra- the trap door card. It, but it's the runaway, runaway card. That's yeah, all it, it really is. is. Runaway screaming like a little girl. <laughs> well, and and all I have to say is that the only person, uh, well, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. There are two people who did not use the 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 flea card, and that was Daniel Fabrizio and Eli Anthony. And I will be the first to say that Daniel Fabrizio is the only person who used it because he refused to flee like a little girl. Yeah, I, I, I actually uh, emailed him and asked him. I said, you know, you have a flea card if you want to save one of your characters. And his, his response was pretty short. And, and he said, I refuse to do that. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I used it. I didn't use it because I, I wanted to use a different card. Right. Yeah. So nice. Yeah, I, I used mine when I knew that I was I, I was toast in one battle. Uh, no chance of winning it. But I wanted to keep the character. Um. And uh, but but yeah, it's it, but that's the thing is it's it's a risk. I mean, it's you know, nothing nothing you want to hear more than or hear less than say Jeff sending you back an email. Yeah, we you and I are both gonna vote for you. You just wasted that card. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's but, one of the best moments of being the. the, 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 the and heck, Jeff, judges. you don't even have to. Uh, you know, when someone throws a flea card, just automatically you and me and just say, "Oh yeah, we we're gonna vote for him." He, he just threw it away. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> even if it's true or not. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But right. uh, no, no, I think you told me oh, it was like no good play because uh, I was leaning, uh, I was leaning against you. So uh, I think it was Iceman. I didn't want to lose Iceman at that point. Right. No. Right. And it's like, yeah, I was got to vote against him, and and uh, I was already losing to voting, so I, I, so it was a good play. But yeah, you, you should have said, oh no, no, you just wasted that one. Right, we, you and I were both voting for you, right? All right. 
So I guess if if anybody else has any other ideas, I'm sure we'll we'll post a thread in the forums and and people can kind of talk about what they hope to see in COC three, right? Sounds good. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, it is it has been customary on the second season of COC live um, to uh, to 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 kind of conclude our show with uh, the COC power ranking where we take it upon ourselves to rank five characters each week in, term of, in terms of who is the toughest. If you would like to submit a character to be ranked or just want to tell us how idiotic we are, log into comicattack.former.com. And actually, nobody this whole season has told us how stupid we are, um, which is kind of nice. So You guys uh, are stupid. Oh, okay. There you go. Crap. Oh, man. <laughs> almost made it a whole season. All right. Uh, so be sure to, to go into the thread labeled Power Rankings and tell us what you think. So tonight's five nominees are from the Avengers, the, Vis- the Vision, from the Thunderbolts, Ghost, from the uh, Bad Guys. The New Avengers. The New Avengers. Bad Guys, Rogues Gallery, The Hood, from the X-Men, Rogue, and from the X-Men, Chamber. All right. So, I think uh, I'll go first this tonight because I think you get the final say this week. Okay. So, I started with, uh, well, here's my five. Uh, I go Vision, Rogue. Chamber, Ghost, Hood, and and really, I just kind of did a quick glance. So these aren't very uh, researched. But Vision, I, I just good God, that guy. I mean, he's just he's it's it is kind. Of, I mean, even though I voted against him, um, it's kind of a shame that he he didn't make it further in the competition um, this this time. But. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he's just got, he's got the density, he's got the intangibility, he's super smart, he's, uh, he's just a great character, and uh, I, I just really like him, and think that in this group of people, I think he could really uh, do some damage, because against Rogue, she ain't absorbing him, um, there's just no way, uh, because I think she has to absorb uh, synthetic uh people or or real people so um so vision's going to be able to take all, all, you know pretty much everybody else out so i think that rogue though is second on the list because um because of her just her really uh, to me her experience and the amount of powers that she ha- has had even if she doesn't have them she knows she's had them at some point She's had similar powers at some point, so she knows how so how to how to take people down, um, and so uh, I think against these other three, uh, Chamber, Ghost, and Hood, I just think Rogue uh, has a tremendous amount of power and, um, and and could take them down easily. And if she if she comes in contact with them, then then, then they're toast. So uh, I think Rogue is kind of an unsung hero and and has really done a lot of pretty significant takedowns of Marvel Universe characters over the years. So uh, so I put her second. Um, I put Chamber third. Chamber's one of my favorite characters of all time. 
uh, the bio whatever energy that he has that exploded his chest, I just think is is fantastic. Now it could be argued that uh, because Ghost is is intangible, that how could Chamber get him? And so I could I could be convinced that Chamber might be lower on the list, but I just think in terms of pure energy and pure power, Chamber has got more uh, kind of energy discharge than than any of the other characters that, uh, do. But I put Ghost next. Um, you know, I tend to put I tend to put villains down low. I, I guess I guess because they are always getting beat by by heroes, but. Uh, while Ghost is is great, I really um, I'm one of the few who has not read all of the Thunderbolts stuff with him, so I don't really know a lot about him. But uh, I just know he's intangible and he's kind of a he's kind of a uh, I don't know crafty villain, I guess. So uh, so I put him down lower on the list, and then I ended with Hood, uh, the Hood. Uh, just because you know he has this magical hood, but beyond that, the guy's always using guns, and I just don't think he's in the same league as these other guys. So that's that's my five. Good, good, good. Um, for me, my list has some similarities to Jeff's, but uh, other than with the exception of one, they're all different. Um, they're they're close though. Uh, my top guy, of course, is Vision. Um, I think Vision's one of the toughest people in the Marvel Universe. Um, you know, there's there's lots of scans and things like that of him being taken down by one person or another, but when it, when it boils down to it, uh, you can find just as many scans of Vision doing the same thing to other people as well. So I think I think he, and he is, he's, he's not just one of the toughest guys in the Marvel Universe, he's by far one of my favorite characters in terms of, I just find him very interesting. Um, his power set, his backstory, his love connection to Wanda, uh, every, everything about him, um, I'm just enamored with. <clears throat> the second person that I put, and this is one of the biggest uh, discrepancies between my list and Jeff's, <clears throat> excuse me, is Ghost. Um, and the whole reason I put Ghost here isn't because he's powerful. He's 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 not all that powerful, um, but he 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 is intangible. Now, unlike many of the other intangible people that we'll see, like Kitty Pride or, or whoever, um, ghosts basically stays intangible all the time. And uh, the whole reason that he does this is because he's psychotic. Um, and not psychotic in the sense that he's a you know, killer. He's psychotic in the sense that he's, he's, got, he's a paranoid schizophrenic. Um, so he, he, he never takes his, that, that costume off, ever. Um, like nobody's ever seen his face. Moonstone tried for the longest time to try and seduce him just so that she could see see what he's like underneath his costume. He he's so bad with it that he actually doesn't wash even. Like he's a he stinks and stuff. Like you know he's a filthy filthy guy. Um, uh, but on top of that too, he's also one of the of course like many other uh, Marvel characters. He's one of the smartest people in the in the planet. I forget exactly what his discipline is, but I think it's like. Um, it's like electronics uh, and, and computers. He's like yeah, a, he's a whiz. He's like, with... Yeah, he's like a mechanical engineer or something like that. He's 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 really 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 super intelligent, like you know genius intelligence. Um, so yeah, so he's he's intangible and really smart. And he always he, he uses his powers, but 
more, more often than not, the reason why he, how he makes an impact with the Thunderbolts or gets them out of a jam is he outthinks the opponent. Um, so he, he's right up there with Reed Richards in terms of his intelligence, and he's, he, and he's intangible on top of that. So that's why I keep him so high. Um, I put Rogue as third. Rogue. The main reason I have Rogue this high, even though you know she doesn't have her Miss Ma- Miss Marvel powers naturally anymore, or anything like that, is to me she's kind of proven. She's like the new Storm. Uh, I think of the X Men, and when Storm went back a while back there, and you know lost her powers, and then she beat Cyclops for the leadership of the team, while she was also she beat Callisto and was the leader of the Morlocks, and this is all without her powers. I see Rogue right now in the same light. Uh, in the sense that she's got these powers, she can steal, you know, absorb people's powers and stuff. She has more control over them than ever. But as a leader and a fighter and a, a, a you know, a, a strategic thinker, I think she's right up there with with all of them now. Um, and in her last few appearances, I really, I think, really solidified that. So she's third for me. Next is Hood. One of my favorite villains uh, in the Marvel universe is Hood. I can remember his first appearance. It might not even have been his official first appearance, but his kind of coming out party. And that was in New Avengers uh, against Wolverine. And he absolutely pounded Wolverine. Um, completely caught Wolverine off guard with his powers. And the writers, I think, have taken too many liberties with him in the past, where they've taken, you know, his original power with his cloak comes from Doramamu or Doramam. I don't know how you say it, but you know who I'm talking Dormammu. about. Doramamu. Yeah, yeah. His original cloak comes from him, and then he got the Norn stones from Loki, and you know he's he's all of these changes in his power. They need to go back to the cloak, stick to that, you know. Make he he was a great villain in the New Avengers, huge, just a great villain. Uh, if you would ask Infinite Speech, he would, he, he, I'm sure he'd agree. Just a wonderful, wonderful New Avengers villain. Um, but anyway, he's he's not balanced. He's. Uh, He's very emotionally fragile and insecure, and so that, that's why I have him lower on the list. And then Chamber I put last, and actually the reason I put him last is for all the same reasons that I put Hood second last. Um, Chamber is borderline suicidal now. He's uh, what? You know, oh, totally. He well, where is he? He's at the school. But he's in hiding. Like he's completely shut down. No, right? he's not. He's just they just have. He's teaching classes. No, he's he's a mess. He's no, a mess. No, no, he's teaching classes. Seriously. No, I got. I, I understand that, but he's completely a mess about the fact that now that his powers have come back, he's gone back to missing the bottom half of his mouth and chest. Like he's 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 crazy about it. I'll have to find the book. To, to, I, I can't off the top of my head think about where I read that. Okay. But he he's. Uh, I'm I'm sure of it. I'm willing to bet on it. He's he's not well. Like he's. <laughs> He's fragile. He's fragile. <laughs> so yeah. So my again, my order was Vision, Ghost, Rogue, Hood, Chamber. All right. All right, Dan. How about you? Uh, mine is the same order as Jeff. So I have a Vision, uh, then Rogue, then Chamber, then Ghost, then Hood. Um, as far as justification goes, I mean, Vision. Vision's been around forever. He's powerful, super dense, flight. You know, he's, he's got it all, basically. He's uh, kind of a cool character that, you know, has no fashion sense. Um, <laughs> what, you don't like high collars? <laughs> high collars and, and really bright primary colors and, and, and green? No. Yeah, baby. <laughs> green, yellow, yeah. 
it's, well, it's funny. It, that it's it's just funny because it's so contradictory, right? Because he's an android. He barely shows emotion, yet he's the most extroverted, you know, flashiest superhero on any team. It's, well, at uh, least he's not wearing red suspenders like Martian Manhunter. Like Martian Manhunter, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so and then uh, followed by Rogue again with the same uh, same justification that uh, uh, Jeff had. I mean, there's. When you try to use Rogue in a fight, like something like COC, it always boils down to, well, she starts off with no powers. Uh, that usually means the uh, the death of her right there. Um, but, uh, you know, as anybody who's been reading Legacy for, what, the past year or something, uh, knows that, that Rogue is extremely resourceful. Uh, she's extremely, she's a lot more confident than she used to be. And she will take charge of, of any battle situation, right? She'll get in there and she'll get her hands dirty, and she's not afraid to do it. So I, I think her, her, uh, her courage, uh, as well as her, the mastery of her power at the moment, even though like, like she runs around with no powers, uh, she could win a lot of fights. Uh, I think it's one of the main reasons she was basically taken out of AVX, uh, probably because she could, she could hold her own. Uh, then I have Chamber. Uh, Chamber was third on my list just because uh, I've followed Chamber since the Generation X days. Now, of course, I could have been convinced otherwise in the sense that I haven't read a lot about Chamber lately. I didn't read his uh, that whole apocalypse mess during New Warriors. Oh, yeah. uh, I believe he got reverted back to normal post Age of X, correct? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and we still haven't seen much. So that's probably what Ian was talking about too. It's probably some sort of a fallout of Age of X uh, aftermath where they probably focused a page or two on 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 Jono. So I don't know, but uh, just the the raw the the raw power he carries around with him. Uh, he is a low level telepath of, although he's only used it really to, to be able to communicate. Uh, his endurance is right up there. I mean, he doesn't need to breathe. He doesn't need to sleep. He doesn't need to eat. Uh, that makes him extremely durable. Um, so I think he can, you know, just the, the raw power that he has, he can take down a lot of guys on this list. Uh, followed by Ghost. Ghost mainly because I don't know much about him. I know he's intangible. I don't know anything else about the character. Uh, the fact that he's new, I don't know how much experience he has. I don't think, you know, part of being he's, a team. He, he's, he's actually just, not He's not actually not very uh, new. I mean, he's been around for a while. Oh, Okay. Yeah, he's a, he's a, he's an old Iron Man villain. Oh, is he? Okay. Yeah. Uh, an old Iron. So he got beat up by Iron Man a lot, probably. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, other than that, I mean, he's used on the team mainly for for recon, uh, I suppose, right? Uh, and hacking into some systems. How does he do that if he's intangible? Anyways. Uh, so and my last is the hood because the hood is lame. Uh. The his powers all come from artifacts, you know, different things he collects. As uh, Ian pointed out, his his powers are his power levels go up and down depending on what he got his hands on that week. Uh, I thought it was a cool concept. He came out shortly or during Civil War, if I'm not mistaken. Hmm. Yeah, and uh, sorry. Uh, so uh, I, I don't know. I was never really impressed by him. So and I think he he in all of his appearances barely ever wins. So he's taken out all the time by most of these guys. So that's my list. Sorry. Go yep. ahead. Oh no, that's I was going to say I thought it was cool how he uh, 
I think it was in the Avengers annual, if I remember right, um, how he was stealing the uh, the Infinity Gems. Um, and then yeah. from the Illuminati. Yeah. Yeah, and then again, that was one of these stories that Bendis just dropped, and I think he dropped it on purpose, like he did a few of the other storylines that were in there. Yeah, they finished it. Did he? Yeah, they finished it. Well, what happened with what happened with him with the gems? I don't remember. Okay, so uh, first off, he was in prison with an Inhuman who was really like the Inhumans have the caste system, and this guy, his job, he made things, and he had made a box for Black Bolt, and somehow the hood. The Hood befriended this guy in prison when everyone else treated him like crap, and so he started talking to him. And so he found out that this guy had made a box for Black Bolt to put the reality gem – I think that's what Black Bolt had – in there. And so you know, since he was this guy's only friend in prison and he kind of uh, looked out for him, he was able to then go find the reality gem. And of course the Inhumans had left Earth, so it was just sitting there. And so he gets out of prison and he finds it, and it's not being guarded at all. And then he uses that to go get the one that Reed has. And Reed had put it you – know, the only way Reed's could have been taken if Reed didn't bring it out of his security contraption was if someone had the reality gem or the time gem to go back in time. But So then he gets Reed's. Then he beats the ever-loving mess out of the Red Hulk in the desert um, just for fun and – then the Red Hulk gets the Avengers involved, and he describes what happened, and then Tony realizes what has happened, and they all go to protect the other gems. They send teams of people um, to go secure the gems because apparently all of them have hidden them somewhere. Xavier's was in the danger room like a, a, a 14 deg- dimensions within the danger room. It was crazy. And anyway, they kind of uh, set up. Uh, a trap for him at the next Infinity Gem that they thought he was going to. And Doctor Strange pulls out this illusion that makes it look like Thanos has arrived and is basically saying, you know, who are you, Earth boy? You're going to give me these gems. They're mine. And the hood gets all freaked out a little bit. And then all the Avengers together uh, take him down with Thor using the power gem, I think. Wow. I forgot and that. Then, and then they bring... St- uh, Cap, they bring Steve into the Illuminati, uh, into the group, and then they hide the gems again. Okay. So yeah, I, I, I for some reason I forgot how that played out. It was decent. It was decent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like his character. I like the hood a lot. All right. Well, with that, uh, on that note, Eli, where's your rankings? Okay, I, I had uh, Vision first. I, we all did, I think. Um, he's just uh, stinking awesome for the reasons you guys stated. Uh, Ghost second. Um, he is uh, ridiculously brilliant, and um, uh, he's got the intangibility and the invisibility um, thing, but not at the same time. But whatever, he's still bad. Um, Rogue, I don't think Rogue could touch either of these guys, literally. I don't think she could actually touch them. And Ghost is smart enough to not let her touch him, and 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 then Rogue's got nothing. She can yell at him in a stupid Creole accent all day long. That's it. Uh, Creole, isn't that or Cajun? No, she's no. got a she's got a Mississippi accent. Yeah, doesn't she? Uh, she's from Mississippi, dude. She's not. It's she's horrible. not Gambit. Oh, it's horrible nonetheless, and it doesn't sound like any Mississippian I've ever known. I anyway. would I would like to see a Rogue versus Ghost fight. That would be cool. Um. 
Then I got Hood. I don't uh, Hood's okay. I don't know much about him, but Chamber has always been so lame to me. I understand he's got you know potential and power and all that, but he I, I hate him and I think he's pathetic and lame. So he's at the bottom. <laughs> when in doubt, just hate the character and put him at the end. And Vi- Vision could take all of these characters put together. You think so? Huh. Heck yeah. What are they going to do to him? You know what, though? The, the wild card on that statement is Ghost. If you took Ghost out, I'd say yeah. Can, 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 can two intangible characters fight each other intangibly? No, I don't think so. And I don't think Ghost could take Vision because Ghost had trouble hacking Tony's systems. Yeah. And and then Tony let him in because he was trying to prove to him that he was no longer a billionaire industrialist, which Ghost has a serious problem with capitalism. Yeah. And when Ghost saw that Tony was now as broke as he was, he, he didn't care to beat on him anymore. Mm-hmm. But but he couldn't get he, – he was having trouble getting into Tony's armor and Tony was tangible. I think Vision would would give him more trouble. Yeah. But yeah, that would be an interesting fight, Vision versus Ghost. Oh, no. I, I don't I think Vision would destroy Ghost. I'm just saying when you said Vision could take them all, uh, I think that would be true if Ghost wasn't there. With Ghost there, though, I think he'd sit in the background and kind of, like you said, I think he'd try and hack, you know, Vision's, um, yeah. See, I think he had a hard time with Tony, and I think he'd have an even harder time hacking Vision. But I guess it depends. Yeah, but that's what I think that's what he would do because the other three would keep him busy, and then he would he would sit back and plan. All right, Tom, how about you? Uh, my list was actually the same as Dan and uh, Jeff's list. I, I had Vision first uh, for reasons everybody's gone over. Um, I, Rogue second. Uh, I would put. I, I was tempted to put Rogue first, but and if she still had the Ms. Marvel powers, I definitely would put her first. I think I think she could she could actually take Vision if she had her Ms. Marvel powers in addition to her absorption power. Um, but but because she doesn't, I put her second. Chamber third. Um, and then, uh, because Chamber also Chamber is has a uh, a lot of uh, untapped power as well. In other words, his powers uh, they're sonic in nature, but but it's also there. There's more to them than what you just see. And I think he can. Uh, what? Perfect timing. Yeah, no, I know. Somebody texted me, and out of the Hunger Games, my text. Um, <laughs> so uh, anyway, the. Uh, uh, it says, I think Chamber X has more power than, than what people really think of it as having. And Ghost Hood, I, I basically put at the end because I, I don't know them as well. Uh, Ghost is tempting to put higher because of his brilliance and his intangibility and, and so on. But uh, still, not knowing them as well, I'd, I'd still want to put the mutants for, before him. So uh, my, my list was uh, Vision, Rogue, Chamber, Ghost Hood. Cool. Good. Uh, so in terms of numeric rankings with us today, um, that puts Vision first with a sweep at 25 points straight across the board, as much as you can get. Um, Rogue came in second with 18 points. Ghost third with 14. Chamber uh, fourth with 11. And Hood last with seven. Nice. All right, where are you going to put these f- fools? So I put Vision um, below Scarlet Witch, and that's mostly just because 
Yeah. I, I think it's really hard to argue that Vision could beat Scarlet Witch because she's, she's done a pretty fair job of taking him down. Um, but I put him above Darwin. <clears throat> yeah. Um, who is next? Rogue? Scroll it down, scroll it down. <laughs> Um, I see. I, I did them based on my ranking, so I'll have to switch this. Um, I put for my rankings. What I did is I put Ghost below Quentin Quire because I thought that his telepathy would probably give him the the you know the uh, the boost he needs over Ghost. Um, and I put I put Ghost um, above Wolverine because I couldn't really quite figure out what Wolverine could do to Ghost. Um, so uh, you know, I don't know, but I guess, I guess I could change. That. How about he? How about he could stab him? Oh, well, <laughs> but Ghost has never been physically harmed, right? Like never. Um, maybe he could, maybe he could uh, sniff him. It's <sighs> not right. Yeah, he could sniff him. Because he's intangible, so he's like a ghost. He's like he's like smoke, so he could just sniff him and absorb him. All right, so I put Rogue below Wolverine. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Because uh, uh, I think Wolverine could take her out. Yeah. I think it'd be a good fight. You know, don't get me wrong. I think it'd be a good fight, but I think Wolverine gets the last shot in. But I put Rogue above Justice. Um, yeah. And uh, I think it's very fitting that right below Rogue is Justice and Monet, both mutants, um, who Rogue could, I think, pretty easily steal their powers. So, um, and, and, and as we know, too, Rogue doesn't have to, you don't have to be a mutant for her to steal your powers, right? Because like she, yeah. I, I, in Avengers Annual 10, she stole Thor's powers even, so. Um, and Juggernauts and... Yeah. yeah, yeah. Her, her, she, and she, uh, Unlike, uh, I think I, oh, I have a voice... Uh, drafting Hope before now because Hope is, I think, tied to mutant powers, but Rogue is not. Yeah, Rogue's not, yeah. Um, so then I changed Ghosts and I put Ghosts below Storm, um, figuring that her electric, like uh, her lightning and electric control of her electric powers could probably do something to Ghost. Um, if nothing else, just kind of disrupt what it's doing. Hood below that, Chamber below that, and uh, all three of them above Sebastian Shaw. Really? Yeah. Huh. See, I would put I put Chamber a lot lower. Um, I'd put him I'd put him around, like I'd put him just above, like uh, I'd put him below Cyclops and above uh, Sandman. Because I mean, I mean, I don't know. Chamber taking on Iceman. I think Iceman wins that. I don't think Iceman beats anybody, but okay. <laughs> what do you got? What do you guys think? What do you guys think? Uh, yeah, you know what? I guess now that you say that, when I look down the list, you're right. Yeah. Like, I don't think Chamber could beat Captain America, right? Right. Uh, Ethan Edwards, no. Bishop, no. <sighs> okay. Yeah, Bishop would be tough for Chamber to beat because uh, yes. Bishop, yeah. Bishop could absorb and redirect his power back at him. And so see, could, and see then, then, by that, then by that rationale... Uh, I'd also put Hood. I'd I'd keep Ghost where he is, but I'd I'd but Hood I would put uh, further down the list. I don't know where, but I don't know. 
Well, I just don't know. If, I don't know if some of these guys could take Hood. That's all. Do you think? I think Captain America could take him. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. You know? And what can Hood do now without well the without all the gems giving him all his powers? What's well, that's he, he's an enigma right now. He's kind of uh, he's in writer's no man land, no man's land right now. Oh, Nobody God. really knows what his powers are, or what he's capable of or not capable of. So, for me, what I do is I always just revert back to his hood. You know what I mean? To the yeah. the intangible hood stuff. Um, yeah. Right. All right. Well, now for the moment you've all been waiting for. Sorry, I was taking a sip of beer. Oh, okay, sorry, I, I didn't time that well. No, no that's okay. Um, previously on COC. Well, last week we saw Invisible Woman managed by Eli Anthony versus Professor Xavier managed by Tom McNeely in The Hell's Kitchen. To, <laughs> to recap all the back-and-forth fighting, check out comicattack.former.com and look in the form labeled COC. If you're so inclined, you can even go all the way back and listen to all the episodes. We would love for you to do that. And uh, and look at all the threads, uh, all the fights from 1 to, to 28. So, um, All right, so the polls. Um, I was at the polls earlier. Uh-oh, where did I go? Uh-oh, I'm going to have to pull them up. I think the polls uh, had Invisible Woman as the top dog. Um, let's, let's see. Uh, oh, gosh, so many, so many, so many threads to get through. Who all set right. these forms up? I know, seriously. These seasons and all this craziness all this malarkey all this all these stumbling blocks in front of us okay uh so Damn. yeah 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 six six votes um sue richards with 67 percent of the votes and professor x with only 33 percent of the vote so uh so that puts invisible woman as the uh winner of the polls so uh Rock paper, rock paper scissors shoot. Who who do you want to go first? One one vote. Um, I I why don't you uh why don't you go? No 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 no. I want to go. I want to go because I because this is the deciding one. So I want it to fall on you and not me. So, um. So let's see. Um, yeah. I, to me, it was really it, this was this one was a lot tougher than I thought it was going to be. When I originally was thinking of this, I thought, "Oh, there's just no, there's just there's no contest here." Um, and and Eli threw in a little curveball to me, and that was that that he said that Sue's force fields were telepathically shielded. And there was a lot of debate about that one issue, and because that really is the the bottom line issue uh, in this fight is is can can Professor X just sit back and use all of his mind powers and just mind wipe her or destroy her or what I don't know whatever. Um, but here's here's really kind of my thinking on this is that. Um, 
in the end, uh, I mean, I think Eli really really posted some 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 damning evidence there that that there, that Sue could possibly be uh, telepathically shielded, and the main ones that he that he posted were uh, Jean Grey versus Invisible Woman from when Jean Grey was resurrected from the cocoon in Fantastic Four and uh, and came back to life after the whole Phoenix thing. Um, and another one, another shot of of Invisible Woman versus Psylord, and that one was a little bit muddier to me. I didn't quite get what Eli was trying to say there. Um, so when you put said hold up hold up you know you're 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 posting some some you know some things and then and then tom went on to post some scans of more more recently of sue sue's force field um being penetrated by emma frost um and her her uh, telepathy and kind of shutting down a bunch of people um along with sue um to me, that that really did put it over the edge, and and really, you know, honestly, if you look at at their power levels as they currently stand, I mean, most recently in facing the Phoenix, um, it took the full Phoenix force to take Xavier down, and and he held his own pretty calmly against four fifths of the Phoenix. So, while while Sue is extremely powerful, she is no Phoenix. Um, you know, so and if she was, if she was as powerful as the Phoenix, then the Avengers would want to take her down too, right? So, um, you know, it really did. You know, and you could say, well, maybe Xavier was just too powerful for this competition. I don't know, but but in in the end, uh, you know, I just think uh, Xavier with his mind power. I mean, uh, you know, it sucks because yeah, he's not the he's not the fastest. He's not the He's not, you know, he's not a good hand-to-hand combatant. He's not even a really hardened, uh, battle-worn type of character. But yet, the guy is uh, is just unstoppable on the telepathy, and um, and to me that just makes all the difference. So, so my vote goes to Xavier. Uh oh, one one, one one. Uh, you know, another character that could take a, take Xavier down. Uh, Phantom X. Okay, because of the yeah. telepathic shields, yeah. Yeah, yes, telepathic shields. There's, there's all kinds of scans out that's there. True. That, the... no, that's true. Yeah, and I do have to say, for you know, you guys, you know, for all of your 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 great drafting, you did not uh, do very well on the on the telepathic blocks. There. I grabbed Emma. You grabbed Emma, but well, you know, diamond for him, but, but I still can't understand why nobody. I mean, to me, to me, the two undrafted characters that should have been in this competition were Iron Man and Cyclops. Cyclops sucks. He but, should not but, have been in the Cyclops competition. is freaking a dark. Fully Phoenix. Phoenix Cyclops. Any, yeah, that any, would have been he, awesome. He would have won. He would have won the competition it, because where we yeah, are, well, you didn't know that. that, that, that I know. Then. I know. But still, 
It's all about well, the current continuity, right? Yeah. No, Jeff, Jeff knew. Yeah, I did. I would have. I I would have drafted him. You knew because you didn't. You you called it, didn't you, Jeff? A long time ago, you said that you thought that what was going to happen here was the Phoenix power was going to come. You thought that wasn't it you that said that you thought that Cyclops was eventually going to be the main yep. bad guy in this storyline. I did. Yeah. Oh, Jeff, you would have won it. I know. Well, let's just oh. say let's just say I did. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> the new the, the CFC two champion, the clobbering clergyman, or not? All right. All right. All right. Yeah, Eli. I mean, a sorry. Of characters that uh, that could have helped out. You know, Danger is another good draft pick. Iron Man, of course. Phantom X. There's there's a there's a number, but that's all hindsight. Um, Eli, have uh, have you ever read the Have you ever read the Silent War story? No, it's on my list. With Black Bolt and those guys. Yeah, have not read it. Yeah, it's it's a uh, it's a good story. Um, re- really nice art. I think you like the art. Uh, <laughs> ah, jeez. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Because I, I don't know why, but it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, it's the thing with the the thing with this story is that it um, what it features for anyone who's never read it is it features the Inhumans and uh, a splinter branch of the Inhumans come down to Earth and um, they're they're pissed. Well, they're pissed for a lot of reasons, but one of the main people they're pissed at is Quicksilver for stealing the uh, the Terrigen or Terrigen mists um and book starts off with one of the splinter groups comes down and they break into this theater show and basically they just start massacring people in this theater show uh and it's, it's really gruesome they're like popping people's heads right off and stuff like that it's it's no holds barred stuff and uh so the first the first people on the scene i'm assuming i can't see it here i'm assuming it's new york but anyway the first people on the scene are the fantastic four um, and uh, the very first evidence that Sue is not immune to her, that her shields cannot stop telepathy is that the group, this group of inhumans is being shielded by a, an inhuman telepath who, uh, you know, they come right out and say her power is telepathy, that's it. And what she, what she does is she has the power of like misdirection and she can make people see things that aren't really there. So she has them all disguised and the Fantastic Four can't pick out the... Uh, they can't pick out who the who the intruders are. They actually have to rely on Reed Richards. He has some kind of technology that can expose them instead of uh, you know Sue can't see through the telepathy. Um, yeah. Sorry, I'm leafing through the book. So, so there's there's a there's a bunch of instances in here that shows that that um, that Sue actually isn't immune to to the telepathic attack. So, and, and it's too bad. I think it would have been good if she was. Um, that would be an awesome thing for writers to start looking at, especially in the, in the wake of the AVX events um, and how it's probably, I think, hopefully has come to the forefront of writers' minds in Marvel that one of the things that the mutants have and that the X folks have that the Avengers and the other people don't have is the telepaths. Um, and in... You know, even though there's all this horrible, horrible, horrible writing going on in ABX, um, in all honesty, you know, a smart comic book reader knows that they're they're kind of is the Avengers have no answer to uh, to to telepathy. Um, even though it seems very simple, a Phantom X can build little plates that he puts inside his face mask 
that Shields telepathy, you'd think, you know, that uh, Iron Man and Reed Richards and Hank Pym would have everybody in the Earth equipped with these same with these same plates, but you know that that would make for good writing. So they don't. So um, that's my long speech of uh, of saying that I have to go with Xavier as well. I think that I think that he's too powerful. I think that Sue can't stop him and can't stop his telepathy. I, I wish she could, because uh, that would make it for that would make up for a very very interesting fight. Um, but without that ability, I think Xavier wins. Oh. Hey. So there we have it. The Congratulations, winner, Tom. The winner of the, sec- the second season of COC is the long time, the long suffering, Mr. Tom McNeely. <laughs> Congratulations, Tom. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. It was, it was fun. And, uh, and, you know, um, yeah, I, I think, um, I think, I think, uh, that, that you might also be on the, on the Dale scale of, of coming back and winning. <laughs> Could know? be. I've been, I've been on one character for now for how many weeks? <laughs> yeah. Let's see. Uh, Professor X defeated Emma Frost, Protector. Wonder Man, Mandarin, uh, Scarlet Spider. Uh, he teamed up with Iceman and beat uh, Radioactive Man. Mockingbird. Good grief. And Venom. That is a that is a trail. That is a that is a that is a bloody bloody mass of people right there. Um, that, 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 you know, you took out, you ended up taking out with, with just one guy. So, Gosh, um, I, I, didn't, I haven't even thought back on how many, how many battles he's been in. I've had him in. That's, that's true. Yeah. So Tom ends up with a record of eight and four and one tie, I believe. And Eli ends up with, uh, a, 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 sorry, a, a what? A um, record of six and five and three, and Dan has four and five and two. Gid had also had four and five and two, and Daniel Fabrizio uh, got cleaned pretty quickly in the game and was an zero and five uh, guy. So those were the final standings there of of the game. So uh, so congratulations, Tom. Thank you. Uh, do did the Stanley Cup make the transfer over, or is it uh, is it coming? Is on is it on its way? Oh hell yeah! They they actually had to uh, that other site and the group of copycats over there. They actually had they actually uh, they renamed their game because they knew they just couldn't. What are they going to do? They can't compete with this. Right. <laughs> That's right. So yeah, yeah. The Stanley Cup. You are you are now the bearer of the Stan Lee. Cup and the and the champion of of, um, so yeah, I guess you'll have to call Andy and see if he'll he'll uh, give it up for you. <laughs> so good luck with that. Yeah, no, get it cold dead fingers. Yeah, so so Eli, man, you, you did you fought a very good fight, my friend, and you know you had uh, arguably you really had the best team, and and. Well, 
you know, in terms I mean, of Eli, you had how many people left when everyone else was was dropping like flies? You still had like all five of your characters. Didn't you? uh, almost, almost. Yeah, I think he had four out of his five. So yeah, um, four or five. Yeah, you and I thought you and Dan were actually going to the finals. I, I I didn't even realize till almost it was too late that gee, I, I actually made the final pairing. It, I didn't. I hadn't even thought about that because I just figured that, that I was going to hang on as long as I could, and that, that you and Dan, that basically uh, you and Dan were going to fight for the fight for the win. Yeah, because you had both had so many characters. I figured there's no way I was going to hang on through all that. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's there's been uh, I think three times where where the the person has won like this, where where the the rest of their team just gets gone early, and one character just rides through. And and uh, so uh, uh, and Xavier was your first first or second pick second pick mm. second yeah, I mean, round draft my, pick my, uh, champion yeah my only my really my only throwaway pick and all all that was uh, I think um, was Hellion yeah and I had something come up and I basically had a couple of weeks where I, I threw away I threw Hellion away and I think I threw uh, She Hulk away because I knew I couldn't win with. I knew I'd probably lose against whoever battle was I threw her in, and uh, and and so I'd rather sacrifice She Hulk than than go with something else than uh, right than then waste one of my one of my characters I thought had a better chance of winning. Right. Okay. But. All right. consider retiring the old the old professor and uh and hanging hanging his jersey in the gym if he's dead now he's not gonna be draftable next time so at least ah that's true he'll be back he'll be he will be back yeah you know what would be kind of cool is to bring him back like shadow king where he's disembodied yeah that'd be cool that'd be very cool all right all right so thanks for listening to uh, the final episode of season two of COC Live, which was episode 49 for us. Uh, if you want to learn more about Contest of Champions, or maybe you're just jonesing for a COC fix as we go on a bit of a hiatus, uh, go to comicattack.former.com and check out COC for all of your nerd needs. Um, we're going to be taking a short break, as we've mentioned a couple times throughout this podcast, but we will be back soon for, for season three. So look for us on Twitter at COC Podcast, on Facebook at facebook.com slash COC Podcast. Um, subscribe in iTunes and write us a review. And uh, check out our, our other affiliate, comicrelated.com, who will be posting Contest of Champions from here on out. Um, and they also post some other great podcasts like Tales from the Water Cooler and discussions with Decapitated Dan. So pay, pay attention to those social networks, um, Facebook and Twitter being the two big ones. Um, and Jeff and myself will keep you up to date and posted on the return of season three and all of the fine details that go along with that. Yeah. So we're going to be making a, a, a number of, of public announcements well before we start season three. So be sure to follow us. And uh, and if you'd like to be a contestant on, C- on C- in season three, 
please contact us. You can email us at uh, jeff at comicattack.net or katekiller at yahoo.ca. Um, and we, we, we do. We welcome new participants. We, we would love to, to have uh, some, some different folks on here who would love to debate with these guys. And, and uh, we do uh, especially thank um, our, our competitors this season for, for Daniel Fabrizio, who was kind of you know, a, a walk-on and, uh, and, and had never played the game ever before and just was willing to, to come in and, and play with us for, for, a, few, uh, for a few games. And uh, so thanks to Daniel. Um, of course, always thanks to Infinite Speech uh, for just being... Give it to us one more time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and also, thanks to Tom, uh, who, who, who traveled. Was that this season that you traveled to Ireland, or was that last season? I can't uh, remember. When did we start this season? In February. Yeah, yeah, sure that was, was that, I did, yeah, then that was, yeah, the, I can't believe it's the same season, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was in Ireland for, uh, back in March. Yeah, yeah, so, so, you know, who crossed of, uh, the ocean to, to record the COC and, uh, and even tried to, last episode, uh, rescue a friend while recording the COC and, Yeah, uh, it just wouldn't come through, I'm sorry for screwing that up. That's okay, that's okay. <laughs> and, uh, and just for being just the... the as as he's been known, the the COC gentleman of of the uh, of the group, and uh, just a fantastic competitor, and always fun to talk to. Um, uh, so thanks, Tom, for for everything. So, and uh, and last but not least, um, I have to thank my my partner in crime, uh, guy who makes me laugh more than anybody, um, and and who also humbles me more <laughs> more than anybody. Um, just the fantastic Cape Killer. Thanks, thanks, Ian, for for everything. Um, it's been a great season, and uh, I always just have more and more fun hanging out with you. So thanks. Yeah, no, right back at you. And this is uh, I look forward to this every week. And you know, it's uh, you put all the the contest aside and all of that stuff, and it's just great common conversation among friends, right? So yeah, exactly, exactly. Definitely. So. So anyway, so if uh, if you have any suggestions for the show, if you have any ideas uh, from our earlier conversation about the show, um, feel free to contact us. We we'd love your feedback. So um, so anyway, um, so thanks for everybody uh, who is uh, who's sent in a question. Mac twenty four seven Moses uh, Shin, all of those guys out there who who've just been great. Uh, Billy, all of the the fantastic folks who have who've joined us on there um i will say uh real quick that uh coming up in a couple of weeks we you will get a chance to hear us before uh season three of coc comes out and uh we have our comic 
quarter bin podcast um, after the uh, New York Comic Con. Uh, all of us will gather again. Those uh, the guys from Tales from the Water Cooler and all of us from the COC. Hopefully, we'll all be able to gather together and just kind of shoot the shit and talk to each other and catch up with one another. So um, I'm sure we'll have lots to talk about after New York Comic Con. So um, more news and, and all things uh, like that. So uh, so stay tuned for that because that will probably be in this in the COC feed because um, I'm pretty sure that I'll be the one who will edit that one. <laughs> right? What, what date are we looking to record that one? The 20th more than likely. Yeah, the Saturday of that weekend. Yeah, so, so, um, yeah, and that may be a we don't know. Last time we did a quarter bin show, uh, we did it uh, live, um, and so people got to talk to us as we did the show. So, uh, so we may do that again, but we'll have to look into that. So October twenty, mark your calendar for October twentieth, and if you uh, can join us, uh, please do. So, all right, guys, anything else you want to add before we sign off? I think that's it. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for supporting our our little endeavor. And until next time... Excelsior! (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Let's get ready to rumble! Until next time.